Welcome to a Healthy Move podcast. I'm your host, Di Shepherd, a reformed corporate workaholic turned health and wellness advocate and women's fitness coach. I'm also mum to an energetic little boy and Aussie expat with a passion for embracing ways to live a renewed, healthier way of life. Join me each week as I share hints, tips, and real conversations on all things health, fitness, and well-being to help make a healthy move for a life that you love. Hey there, and welcome back to a Healthy Move podcast. I'm your host, Di Shepherd, and I'm so happy that you've decided to spend a little bit of your day with me. I know so many of you are super busy with everything you have going on in your life. So I feel like today's podcast guest is going to be super relevant to many of you and provide you with some great tips to help you reduce the overwhelm and help you get more organized with your life. My beautiful guest today is the wonderful Bridget Johns from Be Simply Free. And Bridget is a professional organizer and declutter coach from the York Peninsula of South Australia. Bridget teaches women how to reduce their mental load by decluttering their homes, phone, calendars, and minds so they can find more space to collect moments and not things. Now, during our chat today, we explore the feelings of overwhelm that's experienced by so many women of today and how that has changed over the last few decades, along with the difference between decluttering and organizing and how decluttering helps to reduce those feelings of overwhelm. We also cover Bridget's clear and helpful concept called Stop Focus Notice, which I'm excited for you to learn more about today and how she found time in her calendar to make time for exercise and movement each day. And of course, her insightful tips on where to get started with decluttering and bonus free access to some of her community videos. So without any further ado, let's dive into my chat with the amazing Bridget Johns from Be Simply Free. Welcome to a Healthy Move podcast, Bridget Johns. I'm so thrilled to have you here with me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited, Bridget. Um, we have known each other for a few years now. And just for a little bit of context for the audience, we met through a group mentoring program. And I've already shared with our listeners in the intro a little bit about your business, Be Simply Free, and all that you do with helping women declutter their lives and make what we all want more time. And yep. <laughs> I guess I've been fascinated about what you do, I think, ever since I met you in that group mentoring program and how you really do help take people from feeling overwhelmed to more in control of their lives and households. But first, I want to backtrack a little, of course. How did you come to be a declutter coach and professional organizer? What's your background? And has this always been something that has come naturally to you? Yeah, well, I never expected to be a business owner. I am a daughter of two school teachers who worked for state government. And then I spent 16 years in regional development roles and project management roles in the, on the York Peninsula of South Australia. Uh, so I thought I was going to continue to do that work. But what happened was um, going back in time for me as well, I studied a food science degree at university and my first job out of uni was uh, two hours from our capital city of Adelaide in South Australia, where I'm from. And I moved to the York Peninsula of South Australia to support 
uh, food businesses to value add to their product. So to um, have raw materials and make more money and um, value add to their products here in South Australia. So I finished uni and got that job and vowed that I would just do a two-year stint, but fate would have other plans for me. And I met my now husband, who is a farmer uh, here on the York Peninsula, and I can't move his job. So I am reskilled. Completely (laughs) impractical, right? Yeah. So I reskilled from my food science background to project management. So my MBA and community development work and eventually positive psychology work as well. And that led me to those regional development roles. But there was a change of government and my job changed from supporting skills and workforce to export work, which I could do, but just wasn't uh, aligned with what I loved. So I was coming back from a meeting in Adelaide in tears and I heard a quote or saw a quote, what was it? I wrote it down so I don't forget. Not all storms come to disrupt your life. Some come to clear your path. And it really reminded me I'm the master of my own destiny and like, what do I love? And that was organizing. So that on the 19th of May, 2019, I wrote down, I am a professional organizer and took baby steps to bring my business, Be Simply Free to Life. And I launched it on the 3rd of March, 2020. So I did take my time. And that was two weeks before the the dreaded pandemic. Um, But now uh, a silver lining of that is that I'd always planned to work with people over Zoom to help them uh, reduce their mental load and find more time by decluttering their homes, calendars and minds. So now I do that with women all over Australia, New Zealand, and I've had some clients over in Ireland as well. So it's been a joy, yeah, to to get here. Um, And I don't think I've always been organised. I've always had that messy room as a teenager, but to get the clarity to finish assignments, I would madly tidy my room before I started an assignment because I do believe there's a tie-in between that clear space and a clear mind to focus. So, yeah, that's a... A snapshot of how I got to be here. <laughs> wow, I, I love the snapshot. It's just, it really gives us a really good overview of you. And the fact that you have taken baby steps, first of all, I think I wanted to touch on like taking baby steps. I think sometimes we all want everything now. And actually you recognizing that, you know, slowing down and taking those baby steps was, you know, something that would, you know, help you in your path to, you know, creating this new iteration of yourself and something that was you were passionate about too. Mm, And definitely I started, I was working five days a week in my old job and started Be Simply Free in the mornings when I was still working full time. And then I slowly changed to working three days a week in a employee job and had two days to work on my business. Uh, And I actually still work part-time. I am a lover of helping people get organized and I'm a grant writer. So I help them organize their wish list of dreams into fundable projects. So I I think I'll always have that quasi role because that's the things I enjoy. And that's the beauty of being a business owner. No one says you have to do something full-time and I don't want to be a full-time grant writer. So I want to do that a couple of days a week. And then I want to help people organize their lives um, uh, three days a week and have some space in my life to do things uh, that bring me joy, like focusing on collecting more moments and less things. So good. I love this. So can you tell me, Bridget, what is the difference between decluttering and organizing? And do these terms have any kind of crossover, for instance, or, or are they pretty much the same thing? I think people can get confused. They're the same thing. And 
the new there's a new industry which I'm in the professional organizing industry and I like to talk of my, uh, about myself as an organization expert or a declutter coach because we need to do both we actually need to start with the decluttering so decluttering is getting rid of the things so all the unnecessary things in our life and I talk about more than just the physical stuff so yes it's getting rid of all that excess crap in your home but it's also getting rid of the decluttering your calendar and those excess commitments of your time and decluttering and reducing your mental load, all that invisible tasks of things that are running around in your mind. So first we need to get rid of the stuff before we organize things and come up with systems to simplify your life. So a little analogy I use is to sort simplify and systemize. So decluttering is the sorting. So you're seeing if you've got five um, veggie peelers, do you really need to have that many? And let's maybe declutter a few of those. And then we need to um, yeah, simplify, reduce the ones that we no longer need, and then come up with a system to make it practical for finding those things and communicating that to the people around us as well. Because the, a lot of the mental load comes from us knowing everything but not sharing how to get kids and husbands and um, family and friends to understand how to do it themselves without asking you. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because I feel like most of the time I am organized and decluttered when I'm by myself but once another person comes into the picture it just turns everything upside down and as you're saying unless we have those systems or routines in place or somewhere to put something it, it just it just blows up in the household doesn't it I mean that that's yeah, and we need say. and a system only works when we use a system so even myself I can get caught up with not doing what I know promotes uh, my own well-being so for example, I like to give myself some morning time, some me time in the morning. And when I that doesn't happen, it's sort of the wheels fall off and I get behind. So we need to build the systems that work for our family. There's no cookie cutter approach. And it's about working out what's right for your family in this season of your life, because it's different when you have a newborn to toddler to primary school and beyond. And working out ways to have less stuff physical stuff in our lives means we've got more time to do the things we truly want because putting things away actually takes a lot of time yeah absolutely I was just thinking then when you were talking about you know all the stuff that we have in our lives and I'm just picturing in my head all the stuff <laughs> my son has and keeps wanting to have and it's just oh it that just you know, drives me nuts. It's just always on my mind. Why do you have all this stuff here? And why do we have to keep putting it away all the time? I'm, I feel like um, one of the strategies that you, that I've, I mean, you have a fantastic Instagram page, which I love to reference all the time. And you reference things like, you know, do we need all this extra stuff in our lives? And you're, you're very good at removing those things. And then rather receiving another thing or gift for the house, you talk about, you know, receiving experiences. Yeah, definitely. And birthdays and Christmases, uh, even Easter, there's normally lots of things coming into our homes. And it's about communicating with the people around us what we want our decluttered life to look like. So for example, for our kids, I think it started when my youngest was six. On the back of an invite to his birthday party, we wrote something along the lines of, your presence, as in being there, is the best oh, yeah. present we can have. Um, so we'd prefer no gifts. But if you feel like you 
desperately need to give him something, please give him a $5 note and a handwritten card with some words in it uh, so we can focus on time together rather than the physical stuff he'd been getting. Because if the kids are anything like mine, you normally get sort of like a $20 or $30 plastic thing as a present that generally breaks within the first 24 hours or week. Uh, and it ends up in landfill. So while I help people declutter, what I want them to do is to use their door as a force field for reducing more stuff coming in and being really intentional about what we let into our lives because landfill is filling up and up and up. So it's not only about getting rid of things from your home, it's being conscious of what you let in um, going forward as well. Absolutely. I really, really love that. So we touched on overwhelm and I feel like sometimes it's it's the women that are carrying the overwhelm more so than men. I mean, stereotypically, but more and more people that I speak to, mums at school and all the females in my life, they are carrying this extra mental load. What kind of things do you find women are most overwhelmed with when they come to see you? Is it physical spaces or most so the mental load? I think we're just learning more about the mental load. It's something we've always done and it just builds up and builds up and builds up. But a lot of people aren't even really aware of it or notice it. So generally people come to me wanting support to declutter their physical spaces, but I actually start with decluttering that mental load and looking at their time commitments. Everyone has 1,440 minutes in our day. That doesn't mean we have the same amount of time available to us. We've got different parenting responsibilities, work responsibilities and things like that. But if we can look at that time, see how we're spending it. A lot of parents are are being taxis, driving kids around, but they don't think of that as using their time. So we need to look at it, how we're spending our time and see if it aligns with what we want our decluttered life to look like and make some changes. We need to delete some things. We need to delegate some things to other members in the family. We need to pay and outsource some people to do some of the task if it's important to us, but we physically don't have the time to do it. So these are all things we talk about and work together because knowing where to start is probably the the biggest thing uh, where people come to me. They're like, I don't know where to start. Everywhere I turn, I'm faced with physical clutter And then my brain is too overflowed with all these things that I feel like are urgent and need to be done right now. So they don't know where to start. And being able to communicate and verbalize that in one way of starting to reduce that overwhelm. If we talk about it in our head all the time, it can um, become bigger than Ben-Hur. But getting down onto paper, what needs to be done, and then prioritizing it is generally where we start. Yeah, I feel like um, as well, particularly for me, I shouldn't just generalize and say women, but particularly for me, I've got so many open tabs in my brain. Like there's just, oh, I've got to go and do the school pickup. Oh, and while while he's at school, I've got to do X, Y, and Z, and then A, B, and C, and one, two, three. And it's mm-hmm. just going around and around and around in my head. And you're absolutely right. Just getting it down onto paper is, I guess, the first point. And then and then taking it from there and just trying to tackle one thing at a time rather than trying to do all the things. Yeah. And we think that multitasking is helping us. And I definitely do multitask. I listen to a podcast while I'm walking and tidying. And that's sort of a bit of a positive uh, multitasking because we're using our time doing two things at once that doesn't impact how we're thinking. But when we are working, like we talked about those, you'd mentioned the open tabs. If you have your computer open, make sure there's only one or two max tabs open on your computer screen Um, or even in the tab section of your phone. We've got too many things we're thinking about. 
And if we can take the time in the morning's great, maybe get up 15 minutes earlier, do that brain dump and really look at what time you have available today to factor all these things in. And mums aren't maids. We need to be stronger at saying no to things, putting boundaries in place, but also asking for help and getting other family members involved in doing things as well. Oh my God, such good advice. Why do you feel that women in particular feel more stress or overwhelm these days when it comes to running our households? Have you seen any particular trends in the work that you do? Yeah, we also have to think about how society has changed over those times as well. We've had massive changes in technology. We've had massive changes in the women's movement, uh, the ability for us to work and maternity leaves and things like that. Society has changed drastically in the last 150, even 10 years time, but we haven't caught up with that. There's that societal expectation. You're the mother, you're the nurturer, you're the one taking maternity leave. And potentially uh, when you have maternity leave, you might take on some extra home responsibilities and then you might go back to work part-time, but it's quicker in inverted commas for you to keep doing all those things because you know how to do them and not letting go of that. And that's in another way how Be Simply Free came to exist. I went back to work after having my second child. My kids are just under two years apart and I added more and more and more and more commitments to my time. And as I said, time is finite. There's only so much there and it was to the detriment of myself. And after a meeting talking about Are You OK Day of all things, I can tell everyone some awesome strategies to support their well-being and resilience. But that meeting made me notice that I wasn't practicing any of those things. So when I got, again, this car and crying. Oh how ironic. Back, yeah. <laughs> um, I burst into tears again when I got into the car and called my boss and we really decluttered my own expectations of coming back to work part-time and feeling like I needed to do a full-time workload. That was an expectation I put on myself. My boss didn't do that. We really decluttered what my priorities were for my work life. And then I burst into tears when I came home and talked to my husband and he is definitely a team player and we're partners in life. So he was not forcing me to do more things. It was, again, an expectation I'd put on myself that maybe I'd seen in movies or society, but we have the power to make change and to decide what our home and how our family functions. And I want to model to my son and daughter that both parents are responsible for managing a household and there's not pink and blue jobs in our life. My husband cooks and um, both my kids have been taught how to mow the lawn and both of them have been taught how to turn the washing machine on. They are capable kids at nine and 11 to put a load of washing on because they're probably making most of the washing. I, I really love that, Bridget. And um, it's so good that you had that support. I know not everybody does have that support, whether it be in the workplace or at home. But also, I feel like as women, stereotypically, we don't often ask for help, do we? We don't no. even know that it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, it's a, a real struggle. And it starts by asking, doing something small and building it up over time. We we build physical muscles in our body, which I'm sure you can tell us the whole process of building muscles in our body. And you can't run a marathon. Well, most people can't run a marathon just jumping off the couch. So what's the first step of saying no to something? And it's normally the scariest um, or asking for help. So setting those boundaries and asking for help and then continue to take those baby steps to build that, that no muscle or the asking for help muscle. So you can make changes in your life. 
And an analogy I love to share with my clients is a year from now, you'll be so grateful you started today. So what's that little step you could do today that helps you in a year's time for this to be the new normal in your life? Yeah, there's so similarities there between what you do and what I do as well to help people, you know, on their fitness journey and making some changes for their health as well. So, yeah, just um, being able to take baby steps and imagining, you know, if you start today, where can you be 12 months from now? They're, They're such similar things. And yeah, it really does need to start with baby steps. Yeah. And having that accountability, cheerleading and support around you. And that's the beauty of what I love to do with the the women that I work with. It's giving them an opportunity to explain how they're feeling. I I sort of have crossover between coaching and consulting. I help people come up with the, the ideas that could work in their home, but then also give some examples of how it works in other people's lives. Because life is a roller coaster. And most of the time people get super excited about decluttering and organizing in the first month. But then they realize that it's taken a while to build up that clutter and those expectations in our calendar. So it does take a while to make changes and to see that progress. And that's why I love to work with people over three months to see that change and give them the support that they can carry on and make healthy home habits for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Again, another similarity of what we do. I love it. (laughs) So good. All right, so back on to the decluttering. How does decluttering help us reduce feelings of that stress or overwhelm? When we're surrounded by clutter, it distracts us. And I'm a big believer when there's less physical things around us, it gives us the clearer space in our mind to to make the thought out choices that we want to make. So if you think of walking into a supermarket which has so much choice, it's too overwhelming. So what we're doing by decluttering our spaces is working out what the priorities are for in our life and surrounding ourselves with the beautiful things that we love. So we can have the energy and the time to do more things that we want because it's exhausting (laughs) being a mum and um, a parent and living in this overstimulated world. We're connected to our phones all the time as well. So I really encourage people to make spaces in their home, uh, make their homes a sanctuary where they can have beautiful things they love. And while I help people declutter, I am not a there should still be beautiful things in your home and I encourage people to display what they love what they love and my husband is a massive Elvis fan I am not but there are lovely Elvis memorabilia all over our house because it's his home as well so I have some cross stitch designs of beautiful quotes that I love he's got some Elvis memorabilia there's kids photos and the kids toys around our home so it's not about having a white blank space it's about having your personality in your home Yeah, I've got to say, if I come home and I find that there's just mess everywhere or things, even just toys to walk over or whatever it is, just that level of anxiety, I can just feel the stress and the the overwhelm coming up in my body. I can just, you know, feel that physical change in how tense I feel. But once it's all, if I just spend a few minutes tidying up or putting it away, it just feels so much easier and calmer in the household too. And that's where we build systems that the whole family is part of that process as well. 
if there's actually less toys available for your kids to play with, it's they actually play deeper with their toys. Research has shown that uh, if you can think as well, think of that analogy of having a bookcase full of all these different toys. They're like, I'll grab this one. I'll grab that one. I'll grab this one. Everything gets tipped over and it's harder to reset those spaces. So I'm a big encourager to have some toy rotations where you have a small amount of toys available for kids to play with. And then they are generally capable of popping them back in a box. It's quicker for them to tidy up so they can do it rather than parents having to to do it. Let's get away from that need of a, a Pinterest perfect toy room I'm not go for it if you want to separate your Lego colors and things like that, but let's make it as simple as we can so we can get things away. It's less visually overwhelming and we can have more time to to play a board game or have a snuggle on the couch or go outside and kick a football. Yeah, so I feel like you're saying it's not about perfectionism necessarily. No. Creating the systems to make it work and then everybody knows what that system is. Everyone can help and um, reduce that level of overwhelm together as a family unit and household. Yeah, pop pop a couple of songs on Spotify. So if we think of three songs, there's probably about uh, 10 to 15 minutes. Um, Race around the house. I love taking a laundry basket and anything that doesn't belong in that room gets placed in the laundry basket, moving to the next room and putting things away as you go. And if you think our family is a family of four, so 15 minutes for four people is an hour worth of tidying, but I've spent only 15 minutes of my time because every member of the family on a Sunday afternoon is running around putting things away because they've made elements of the mess too. So they should be responsible for putting things away. Yes, totally. Oh, my God. And I know you have a fabulous concept called Stop Focus Notice. Can you walk us through this and explain how this may help overcome the feelings of over overwhelm? Yeah, so what we generally don't do is stop. We roll on that hamster wheel of life and keep doing the same thing over and over again and getting frustrated. So the first thing to do is just take a moment to breathe and take in the situation, which is the next one, focus. So focus on what the issue is or the frustration and write it all down, preferably like the handwriter or in your notes section of your phone, get it all written down so it's out of your head. And then ask other people that it might involve what they see because sometimes they're not even aware of the issue that's causing us all that frustration. And then if you've got other people to brainstorm as well, notice what some options are for solving that and think of the high time commitment, low time commitment, high cost, low cost, really brainstorm different ways for solving it and then trial one. And a key word that I like there is trial. So we're not going to flip things overnight and um, this is definitely how we're doing it. We're going to give it a go see if it works for us and our family in this stage of life. Uh, And if it doesn't, we'll grab another idea and try um, a different one as well. So we're finding out a solution that works for us and our family rather than, yeah, just copying everyone else. Yeah, I like that, the softly, softly approach. Yeah, and for example, for us and in a lot of homes, it's that kitchen bench and my husband's a farmer and he would come in with a hat sunglasses, random things from his pockets, phones and things like that. And this is my food preparation area and God knows what's been on those things. (laughs) So when I stop focus notice and stop putting his stuff away all the time and rescuing him but getting resentful in my mind, I recognise the door that he comes into, our back door comes into the kitchen where where, um, that's our front door. There's a side of a cupboard and we put some 3M hooks. So the stick on hooks on the side and he can put his hat right there. That's before he gets to the 
kitchen bench and the first drawer where you generally have your cutlery in there, uh, that's also the first drawer he sees. So we've set our home up for our family, not our visitors. And traditionally where you get your cutlery from, that's his junk drawer, his uh, random things for his pockets, his keys, phones, um, sunglasses, it goes in that top drawer and the second drawer down, which is traditionally your utensils drawer becomes our cutlery drawer. It confuses all our friends when they go looking for things, but I'm a huge believer, set your home up for your family, not your visitors, because we use it probably 98% of the time. So see if you can think of a stop focus notice in your home. I love that. That's so good. And tips for people who don't know where to start with decluttering, where is the very best place to start? Reducing that mental load as we start talked about at the start, get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper and then see which tasks other people can do. As I said, you're you're not a maid. You don't need to do everything. Who can take on some of the other tasks involving partners and kids as well and see which ones you can outsource to um, pay people to, to help out with? I can't believe it took me 15 years of my husband and I being together and it took till I started my business for us to get a cleaner two hours a week. Oh my goodness, it's a game changer to have someone else um, mop the floors and clean the bathroom. And we had to adjust our budget to make that happen. But yeah, is there some way you can stop doing it all together and have someone yeah. else do it? But I imagine and you get really... so much more time back on your hands by having oh, someone take that off you. Yeah. And it's also about simplifying your routines as well. Uh, what what do you really need to do um, every day or every week? And my kids run their own mornings these days. They make their own lunches and their breakfast and they get themselves ready. I My role is to raise capable adults and I'm empowering them and teaching them to do all those things as well. And thirdly, and probably most importantly, that we forget altogether is that self-care. We can't pour from the empty cup. So what are you doing to look after you? So you've got the energy to be able to do the decluttering, organizing uh, and enjoying your life. Yeah. So often we just leave ourselves to last, right? It's um, it, it's really sad that we feel like that we have to come last, but really if we can put ourselves first, then I feel like everything else can be tackled. Yeah. And I think I love Lorraine's was analogy about filling up your tank and you can't physically drive a car without petrol in it and think of your self-care as a, um, a petrol uh, tank and make sure it's full up to the top as much as possible so you can look after you rather than being stuck on the side of the road with no petrol left. <laughs> Such a great analogy. Now, I also wanted to switch things up a little bit and talk a little to you about exercise. I know <laughs> that you have made time for exercise and you've got a very interesting way of the way you became a morning person for your active movement. And I feel like there's a really great story there that could help some of the listeners find more time in their day for exercise and active movement or possibly even something else that they want to fit into their day. Can you talk us through that, please? Yes. So as I mentioned before, we've got 1,440 minutes in our day. So I like to try and break it down into 1% of your day little pockets because it seems a little easier to find 1% of your day rather than a whole hour or something like that. So over, I think about two and a half years, I got up 1% of my day earlier. So let's say roughly 15 minutes from getting up at 7am, I got up to 6.45 to 6.30 and so on. And each time 
I noticed, stop, focus, noticed <laughs> how good it made me feel. And then I wanted more of that. And every time I got up 15 minutes earlier, I would make sure I was going to bed 15 minutes earlier as well. And we stopped watching TV Monday to, to Friday afternoon because I realized I was spending six hours of my life watching Married at First Sight, which while it was entertaining, it wasn't nourishing me and adding value to my life. So I went to bed earlier so I could get up earlier. And now the time that I get up does scare a lot of people and I 100% do not recommend it for everyone. But I have found that getting up at 4.44 in the morning gives me almost two and a half hours of me time to do what I want. But I'd encourage everyone to think about getting up 15 minutes earlier. And in that morning time, I go on a walk on our farm with a head torch on. It's a, a private track that no car or person would be passing me. And that's my podcast time. It's really, I walk for my mental health uh, rather than my physical health. And that's a side benefit to having the, the physical movement. But that alone time, particularly as mums, we feel like we don't have a lot of it. I've carved as much out of my day to give me that alone time. And that's how I built Be Simply Free in the early days. I'd use an hour of my morning to start my business. And now I'm adding, yeah, some walking in, 1% of my day of yoga. I'm up today, I think 120. I started in November last year as spending 1% of my day practicing yoga and stretching and the beautiful benefits of that. So if anyone's looking at finding time to move or for me time or yeah, rest, whatever they'd like to do, just look for that 1% of your day and craft uh, a morning routine that suits you because I adore it now <laughs> and I miss it when I uh, don't get it. <laughs> uh, it's so good but I know you're also a practical person so if you do have to work late or if you're, you've got one of your I think courses on where you, maybe you're doing a late night call with people then you adjust that accordingly right to 100% yes sleep is the highest priority I need a minimum um, seven to eight hours sleep there's a couple of days I can get through on six or six and a half, but one in a row. And then I need a sleep in to make sure I'm looking after me. But that's then just readjusting. I'll still probably get up at 6.30 and maybe go for a 20-minute walk. Uh, and there's still a little bit of time for me in the morning. And it's all about that balance. And yeah, stop focus notice and make sure you're looking after you with sleep first. And that is more challenging when you have super young kids. And even now with a nine, 11 year old, my nine year old is generally wandering through or waking me up once a night. But yeah, I really value that morning time uh, for me. Yeah, that's so good. I really love the way you do that and um, or how you have done that. And you know, 15 minutes really isn't that much time. And if you could just start doing that bit by bit gradually, then it becomes, you know, time that you can get back in your day. I really, really love that. And the easiest place to find that is your Netflix watching TV yes. time and also your screen time. To see how long you're spending on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, let's swap 15 minutes of me time before we get scrolling. Yeah, and social media scrolling time, it's just this bottomless pit, isn't it? And it's just... Designed like that. Yeah, it's designed to hook us in and keep us on the platform for as long as possible. But if we can just, you know, really stand up and take that back, you you can do much more things with your evening time and also your rest time and being able to get up earlier in the morning and fit more things into your day as well. Yeah. 
I love it. So thank you so much, Bridget. I, I've just got a couple of final wrap-up questions that I ask every guest. So I'd love to ask you, what's one piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Yeah, well, stop, focus, notice more. <laughs> so, uh, and really stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. I think we can get caught into that, particularly in our teens and 20s and potentially when you're a new parent of trying to do what everyone else does. Stop, focus, notice and craft the life you want rather than what everyone else is telling you you need. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, you know, I've definitely fallen into that trap in my younger years and even as I've got older. Um, but, yeah, it is do what works for you is, mm-hmm. is something, a piece of advice that I would work along to as well. And do you have a favourite quote or saying? I mentioned it before. It's set your home up for your family, not your visitors. I say it over and over again to my clients and I would love, it sort of flows on from the first one, doing you rather than doing what everyone else tells you you need to do. Let's make sure it works for, for your family in this season of your life. Love it. And finally, where can people find you or get in touch with you for more help with decluttering and organization my favorite place is instagram so be.simplyfree is my handle there and my favorite place is the stories and i really like to keep it real on there it's not about having a perfectly tidy home all of the time it's about having it easily tidied and living in your home and collecting those moments with your family as well and then i do have a free facebook group called be simply free community and there's actually six little videos in there if you want some tips on how to get started with the physical decluttering of your kitchen or your linen cupboard um, or your office space and paperwork. So jump into that, search for Be Simply Free Community on Facebook to access those videos in there. And then if people want more personalised support, have a look at besimplyfree.com.au for how we can work together one-on-one or join the next Clear Clutter Find Time course, which will runs three times a year. So Feb, June and September. Oh, fantastic. So there is one coming up in June that people could jump onto if they're... Yes listening to this podcast in real time so there is one coming up for anyone who is keen do you have the date set for those ones yet Bridget? Our second of June will start so it'll be a bit of a winter reset for people in Australia we're spending a little bit more time at home during winter so let's really declutter those physical spaces so we can get out and enjoy more time with family and friends when we hit spring and summer. Oh, fantastic. I love that. I'm sure um, my listeners will jump on to that. That sounds really great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. There's been so many tips and I think light bulb moments for both myself and my guests. I have actually done those videos that are in that free Facebook group. So I would highly recommend everyone to jump on there and and give that a go too. Yeah. And I just encourage people to Find 1% of your day and just start one thing. Don't get yourself overwhelmed by listening to all these tips. Just try one and see how that makes you feel. And if you enjoy it, embed it into your day and then find another 1% day, a pocket of your day to try something else. So good. Thank you so much, Bridget. I've really enjoyed our chat. Thanks. 
All right, so I hope you enjoyed my chat with Bridget Johns from Be Simply Free. Lots of little golden nuggets in there. So if you didn't quite catch all those pieces of information, uh, you want to get in touch with Bridget or jump onto that Clear Clutter Find Time course, I will pop all the details in the show notes. All right, thank you so much for tuning in today and I'll talk to you on the next episode real soon. Thanks so much for joining me and I do hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you love what you're hearing, please share the love and tell your friends about the podcast. I would be super grateful if you could rate, review or subscribe to help more people embrace a healthy move. For more resources or details about today's episode, you can head on over to ahealthymove.com or reach out to me with your thoughts and ideas about the podcast anytime via Instagram. My handle is at a healthy move. And I'll chat to you on the next episode real soon.